Summer camp is a magic place where kids discover who they are because they have the freedom to explore on their own. Y Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is a sleepaway camp in the heart of Idaho's wilderness. Each summer, campers make friends, build new skills, and learn to love the outdoors through activities like canoeing, archery, zip lining, rock climbing, campfires, and more. Registration for Y Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is open. Financial assistance is available. Learn more at ycampidaho.org. Wizards of the Coast has announced its next quote-unquote evolution of Dungeons and Dragons called One D&D. Is that like Xbox One? No, uh, that seems to be the logic they're did going you, with. Did you watch the commercial? What? No. They they had an actual like trailer for it. There's no longer editions. There's now one. There's D&D. O- there's only one. Well, then D&D. why would you put the one in front of it? And just not call it D and D. Because it's like, wouldn't that just been easier? You already have the title. Why add something to it? It's like Disney Plus or Hulu Plus. That plus D&D is just plus. that makes you feel better. <laughs> yeah. it's just a little extra. Honestly, when they said the line, there is no more additions. It's just a one. And like, yeah, who actually believes that? Welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I'm your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. Yeah. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Yep. Uh, yeah, we're going to be discussing the very first playtest material, which has been released by Wizards of the Coast, the character Origins. This is expected to be the start of several releases um, that are going to be updates to the Player's Handbook, Dungeon Master Guide, and Monster Manual, of course. In other words, it's D&D next all over again. Yes. Now... <laughs> Keep in mind, it's just playtest. So when we're <laughs> ranting and complaining and praising, it may not be like that in the final, uh, the final release. And if there's something you really, really love and you really, really hate, make sure to fill out the questionnaires because we've never had more power and the control over our game than we do now. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm definitely with you on that one, Delsinia. <laughs> it's, it's basically edition five point five, not six. Yeah, that's <laughs> just, what everyone just says. This. Yep. So, anyways, first, before we get into the um, the nuts and bolts of what we like and what we don't like, um, we should talk about the general changes because they're going for a new aesthetic and yeah. how you design your character, which I think is really interesting. And before we go into that, one point I did ma- make before we started was overall seems to be the overall reaction online seems to be mixed, and those who are trying to be more diplomatic do did make the valid point of. Well, keep in mind, this is the first release. I mean, the changes made in here probably have the future material that they've written down in mind that they haven't released yet. That said, those who uh, counterpoint do also make a valid point of, yeah, but we don't have that information. So we can only go off of what we are have so far. So we get to get nerd rage because we don't have the full thing. Pretty much. Okay. So... Uh, I do agree with Andrew here. Um, uh, as an older person, he says he hasn't read one D and D stuff yet, but he feels like he's not gonna like some of the changes because he's old and doesn't like change. Yeah. And I can relate to that. I'm gonna be honest. Okay. And I also think too that something that wizards should keep in mind is since everything is gonna be quote compatible with five E, even though this effectively gonna be five point five. Yeah, I can understand what they want to make some adjustments here and there, but I think it's because they're basically building it off of a previous edition. The less changes they make is probably for the better. <laughs> yeah, I agree. 
So let's talk about character origins and what they do different. So it is worth noting that it starts off with the assumption you've already picked your class. Yes. Which is not the order the current manual or player's handbook goes in. No. You pick your, your race, your race first, yeah. then your class, then your background, which yeah. I've always thought that's weird. And what's uh, kind of interesting, too, is they're kind of mechanically, on paper anyway, getting rid of like uh, the half races so far in mm -hmm. this. But no more half orc. Yep. But they did say <laughs> if you want that something like if you just want to be a half whatever, just pick your main race to go off the stats and just pick and choose the appearances from mm -hmm. the other one. Yeah. So yeah. which you've been able to do entirely. You could be a half orc and not look nothing like an orc, just a really big dude or girl. Dude. Whatever. Dude. <laughs> Slightly green skin. People always think you're sick. <laughs> it's like a alien. Are you okay? It's like yeah, I'm fine. Just half orc. No, Why does everyone always ask me that? <laughs> Nothing about the uh, <laughs> anime uncle from another world where he got isekai for 17 years and he's so ugly, people thought he was an orc. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, the the first things that really stood out yeah. about this is when you you starts by giving you it, they call them origins, which I think is a better term than um, for the overall process. So it starts with exactly what you would think um, choosing a I, is it still called a race? Yes. Okay. Yes. I know that there was some some concern that they were going to change that, right? But then they didn't because, like, well, so baked into the franchise at this point. <laughs> yeah. The one thing that really stood out for me is the race. No. Uh, several of the races have changed mechanics. Yep. Some of them are I really like actually. Yeah. Um, they've also introduced a brand new race, the Ardling, which is very much as Ian had put it before the show started, like the Egyptian gods, where they're human to the neck and then the head is. An animal of sorts. Visually, but mechanically, they're quite similar to Asimar. <laughs> well, thank you for that follow-up, Ian. Yeah. Uh, and what he, I think what he's really talking about is you get the you get to choose the different like categories of exalted yeah. or um, I forget what they all are, but they allow you to they affect kind of the different um, uh, powers you get based on the aspect you pick. Exalted, heavenly, and idyllic. Yeah. And each one of those gives you different access, different powers. Most of them seem to be support spell based. Like, uh, I think there's like bless on one tier and healing word on another. And, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe you change Not one of those were right. <laughs> what? Really? Cause well, I clearly I'm mistaking and thinking of the wrong thing. Thaumaturgy, divine favor, lesser restoration, light, cure wounds, and of truth. Guide. Oh, you were over the healing word. <laughs> but just that one. An animal messenger. Yeah, depending There's on no the, zone uh... of truth? No. Well, wait, I did say zone of truth. So I got two right. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm not going to trust you anymore. Trust but verify. All right. So, <laughs> anyways. So and, that... and as a bonus action, they can fly 30 feet. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of DMs <laughs> are going to hate that. Well, it also says that if the, at the end of your movement or turn, if there's nothing holding you there, you just drop, you fall. It can only do a mouth equal to your proficiency modifier. Okay, so uh, <laughs> aside from some of the race changes, there's one very notable change. The race yeah. doesn't determine your stat bonus anymore. Yes. That's a huge one. And I know there's some old, grumpy, old, bearded neckbeards back there. They're like, oh, back in my day, all the races determine which... They're moving away from that because you can have mo a big burly orc, you can have a th thin scrawny orc. Yeah. But to be fair, they made that change back in Tasha's too. And actually, something that Delsinga says the Arlen confuses her because it doesn't matter which you pick, you're all the same. And I actually thought somebody online made a very good point because let's be real here: a lot of people want various human animal hybrids, and they also want wizards to make a race for each one. And let's be real here: an Arlen's kind of a catch-all. Say, pick whatever animal you want. Just use a step block. Yep. <laughs> so they just got to do it once and done. <laughs> 
And I think that they, they did a pretty good job with that. Um, one of the things that uh, – so talking more about the, 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 the races, we got some pretty interesting ones. Oh, yeah. Um, the changes to the human uh, really jumped out at me because, um, well, I like humans. Uh, and I didn't want to see them change, <laughs> but the changes that they had were actually pretty good. Specifically, um, they tied it into inspiration. Yep, they get an inspiration after a long rest, and they ditch the original human getting plus one to all stats, and instead they just you just get a feat. Yeah, so now the human gets two feats at level one. That one. And instead of one, like everyone else gets when you pick your background, now, which is another change. Now, I do think the way they were, it was weird, like, you gain a skill feat, or another feat of your choice. Like, Who the hell is going to pick skill feat over a feat? Well, that, and when they say, well, that, and when it says... Or, or pick any, any other feat you want. It's like, why, then, why'd you mention skilled in the first place? Yeah, why, why, <laughs> is that not a feat option, though? It is. Oh, well, then why... Yeah, that's... It's like, if you can pick anyone you want anyway, then why do you mention one? Oh, that's right. the first little thing to write down. Yeah. It's like, this don't need to be here. Uh, and yes, for those who haven't read this stuff yet, you did hear that, right? You finish Long Rest as a human, you have an inspiration point. Yep. That used to be purely at DM discretion. Yep. Now there's mechanics that bring it in. So, oh, so it's only in that 20s. Oh, uh, well, we're, we're going to get to that. Yeah. There's a lot of bizarre mechanics near the end of this. So, um, so I do think it's uh, worth noting that there was a big change, and I don't know if this started in Tasha's, but in D&D, almost all of the races were humanoid. Yep. And now we've got very specific ones, like oozes and, and um, fairies or fae or whatever, right? Yep. Um, and actually, Delta, yeah, I went minus something like that, too, where Arlen's instead going to have a ground, flight, or swim versions. <laughs> Pick one, go from there. Mm, I can see that. Yeah, I mean that would solve the pick your man beast hybrid that you want. Yeah. So uh, here we have uh, the the combination of special traits and lineages. Lineages are basically sub races. Um, they don't call them that; they call them lineages, which I think you've seen in Tasha. So there's nothing really new there. Actually, each sub race they call something completely different depending on which race it's from. So it's not all; they're not all like, lineages. Like, like no. Tiefling is legacy. Hmm. That Arling. seems like an unnecessary... Uh, Arling's Legacy. Yep. Alpha's Lineage. Ah! Don't do that. Okay. Well, that so. makes sense, because uh, the Ardlings are from the higher plane, where mm -hmm. Tieflings are from the lower plane, and they're both legacies. Yep. Tiefling is Fiendish Legacy. Fiendish Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you get some really good stuff in there. The largest notable change, obviously, was... Um, it no longer determines bonuses, and I think that there's... that's uh, I think that that's okay... Um, but I know that that's going to create some problems for people, but honestly, I like that it no longer indirectly, and this is just Justin's opinion, which means it's a hundred percent fact and accurate and true is that the only, the problem with having races, having specific bonuses is you always felt like you needed to pick a specific type of race to fit whatever class you were. Like I want to be a rogue. Now, you didn't have to, to do Kanku. that. But you were and, – and some people that are all about role play are okay with that. But in the same token, if I want to play a big smashy, smashy barbarian, I'm certainly not going to try avoid picking a gnome um, because I don't get any bonuses that would help me do smashy, smashy. Now, yeah. not to say there aren't barbarian gnomes out there. People have done it. But it's not, it's not as encouraging, right? Yeah. <laughs> so – and I don't know how you guys feel about that. I, I like the idea because I'm – I've always wanted to be something like a dragonborn who could be a rogue or be very <laughs> stealthy, but they can't because they get their bonuses to what? Charisma and strength? Yep. Mm -hmm. 
So, but now I can just be like, oh, I'm just gonna make my own background, and boop, boop, boop. now I can be one. Yeah. yeah, and it always, I mean, and, and speaking of Dragonborn, they kind of did make quite a few changes to that one. Do we want to touch on that <laughs> uh, quickly? Um, as some people know, they did make quite a few changes in Fizzbane's, but they kind of walked back on quite a few of them in this document. Like, they kind of went back to PHP, but a couple of changes in the sense of you can't use a breath weapon on part of your attack actions, so like attack once and then breath weapon. That was one of my favorite changes in that book. Yeah. Instead, it's action again, and it's the, and all of them do cones now instead of cone, instead or, of line. cone or line. Right. And Wait, really? Yeah. And they gave him dark vision, which you didn't have before. No. Everything's got dark vision. Why even have torches? Because I know technically the rules still stack at a disadvantage, whatever. And they don't have gem, gem in here either. Um, and so... the and they also changes that breath weapons attack con instead of dex now. And and the modifier is your. I like that. And the modifier is your level. Ooh, a D10 plus your level. So. That's nice. That's a huge upgrade in damage, isn't it? Yeah. How was that different from Vizbane's? I I forget. Uh, but anyways, the fact you can't do it as an the fact you can't use it as an attack during an attack combination is kind of an, uh sad. But what yeah. are you gonna do? Looking at. No, I just noticed there's two Dungeon Masters guides over there. I'm pretty sure one of them might be mine. It's been lost <laughs> for like a year. Uh, anyway. Okay. Dwarves actually got rid of the sub-races. They solved all of them in the one. They lost armor proficiencies, but they all get the tough now. I love the change to, to stone stone working or what stone, is Stone cunning. Stone cunning. Because um, most people didn't get the benefit of that unless the DM actively went out of their way. Now the change is... Uh, the amount of time to put your bonus action for 10 minutes, you get Tremor Sense. Tremor Sense. Tremor... No, has any other class got Tremor Sense? Uh, yes. Or Race? Race, no. Okay, class had it, though. Uh, you took certain options, yes. And I think that's awesome. Uh, that's some makes, Daredevil level shit right there. It makes sense. They're dwarves. They work in mountains all the time. Yeah. They sense a disturbance in their feet. So they're sitting there going, <laughs> ching, ching. Yep. yep. What is that? It's a worm? Yep. We're not collapsing. It's fine. Yep. Ching, ching. Uh, yep. And they all basically get the HP post, but they all... Did lose their armor, armor and weapon proficiencies they had before too. So yep, and there's a trade off, and they're trying to find that balance, which I think is is really good. Um, <laughs> one of the other things that I really uh, think that they did really, really well comes with the um, not the uh, well, maybe it's one of the races. Uh, well, first of all, no more half works. I'm super proud of that. I love that, and I love the change they made. I know you're not, but I don't really. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to play a full orc, and a half orc is just like, I wish I was an orc, you know? <laughs> I feel like the way they built that, the orc, though, they, the orcs wish they were half orcs. Yeah. Really well, I love, I love, yeah, right? Because they didn't have relentless endurance, right? Orcish resilience. Or orcish resilience. That's yeah, the half orcs had them, but the full orcs did not, which made no sense. I love that they have powerful <laughs> build now, though. Yes. Um, that's a really fun one. On top of adrenaline rush, which encourages them to use their dash action to, gain, to close in, and then I think they get temporary hit points when they do that. Yep. Um, so that was a really interesting change that I really enjoyed, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing more uh, more of that sort of yeah. uh, change. That's more active, right? It's active because some a lot of the orc, half orc powers were passive. Yep, and they also consolidated. They had the halfling two from two to one in this document anyway. Okay, tieflings. Let's go ahead and touch on that. Okay. Yeah. How about it? Basically, you can choose, like, uh, what abilities, similar to the Ardling, what abilities they get due to their ancestry, be it, like, Abyssal, Infernal, or Catholic. Mm -hmm. and, and Infernal being more in line with what, what's the PHB tiefling. Yep. <laughs> so. And they're also, between the Ardling and the tiefling, they're in line with the uh, alignments. Yep. Whereas, um, 
Neutral. Ardlings are good. Tieflings yep. are are evil. Ooh, and the infernal tiefling also gets firebolt. Yes. Let's talk about yeah. how gnome is going to quickly become everybody's favorite race. Oh, yep. Look at that. Yeah. But, you want to talk about the the specific mechanic that they gave them? Got to go back up. I haven't read the gnome yet. Because nobody plays gnomes. Only weirdos <laughs> like me play gnomes. <laughs> Even though they have good options, but they, now gnomes they still kept them with forest and rock. So. Yeah, but what was the the powerful trait that they gave him? Do you have it there? Uh, yeah. I don't want to misquote it. Trait Domish cunning. Did Earth Ganasai get it too? Domish lineage. Um, I don't know. Uh, don't uh, Sinia. Um, I didn't. There was no Genasi in there, as far as I could tell. No. Forest gnome gain my illusion. Speak with animals. Can, can use proficient modifier. Regain long rest. Rock gnome. No mending and precipitation. Ah, there we go. And that's just rock gnome. Just the rock one? Okay. Yep. You can spend... I'm gonna rock you. Yep, you can spend 10 minutes to create a clockwork device, which consumes 10 GP worth of gear, which then allows you to use that device to use one of the effects of precipitation. Yes, that's so cool. I'm gonna make really cool toys. And it does say only lasts for 8 hours, people. but you can completely salvage the material. Because yeah. so. if you remember, prestidigitation is a very versatile cantrip. Yep. And so being able to create a device yeah. that can use that, independent of you, is awesome. Am I the only one thing? Literally, you could, I mean, they don't last very long, but you could, like, have a little uh, laundry shop where all it does is cast prejudice to clean stuff. People walk up, and it's like an automated dryer and washer all in one. Yep. Well, the... Well, Silver Wolf, uh, half elf still exists. It's no, just that you're now an elf. You just say you're half elf. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, another thing I saw in the document was gnomes. What's that? Uh, yeah. Gnomes, intelligence, wisdom, or charisma is your spellcasting ability for the spells that you cast with oh. this trait. What about their saving throws? Choose the ability when you select a lineage. Now, Ooh. now, friend of mine had points <laughs> out to me, but but with the saving throws for the gnomes, they basically have advantage on all their intel mental based saving throws. That's good. Now. From my point out, well, they're just keeping me online, though, with a change made with a Monsters of the Multiverse, because they had that ability mm. before, but it was with spells beforehand. Right, right. Not all ability throws, I which mean, it is now. <laughs> all right, so let's move on in talking about uh, backgrounds, because we spent enough on the, the yeah. races. There's more details in there. Check them out. But um, the first thing that I noticed going through this is it really is designed and encourages to create your own background. And let's be real here. Given what the options are that they list as examples that you could take, Everyone's just going to do their own. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. this, I think, is going to really appease most of the um, yeah. power gamers, yeah. right? Especially since, let's be real here, most background features usually did jack squat. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of DMs weren't using those to their fullest extent. I'm sad about this because I loved the idea that a background wasn't tied mechanically because... Now that it's tied mechanically, and I've told this about what I thought of Strixhaven, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I like the idea that I could play a sailor who then goes on to become a paladin. Yep. And there's no other connection there other than way, maybe I, the way I reflavor my smite or the type of equipment I decide that it looks like. Now, that is a little less true because... You're kind of tied to whatever the, the background bonuses are. Now, yep. that's why I also say it encourages you to make your own. Now, but I shouldn't have to do that. Yep. Now, in a nutshell, when you build your own background, this is, this is where your ability scores come from now. You put two to one stat plus one to one of your choice, or we could just put 
one and three ability scores. Mm -hmm. You choose two skills of your choice. You choose one tool proficiency of your choice. And for language, now this one's kind of interesting. On top of common, you choose one language from the standard language list and one from the rare language li list. Can yeah, we talk about standard and rare languages now? Can yeah. we talk about how they screwed over Thieves Can't? Because now they can pick Thieves Can't. Well, no, it's a language. Well, that too, but it's a language. Yeah. Which means now comprehend language and similar mechanics can decipher it. When before they couldn't because it was not classified as a language. Oh. Yeah. But I also did point out was weird how even early on in the early material, you would think that the criminal background would give you Thieves Can't too, instead of just being a rogue class feature. And Andrew, I love you for that because that sounds like the most fun, cute thing I could ever think of. A gnome tiefling, yes. And that is that tieflings don't have to be human. <gasps> tiefling could be tiefling gnome. Somebody, somebody clip that because that needs to be a player tip and we need to delve into this more off, uh, yeah. more thoroughly. The same thing with the half elves. Half elves could be an elf. Well, no, we've done. We've. I think we've actually done the half <laughs> thing before, but I never delved into tieflings because yeah. I didn't know that. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, they certainly do yeah. encourage you to create your own background more so than oh. uh, in the current edition. Oh, and the one I, thing I missed too is for starting gear, you just take fifty gold and buy what you want. What? Okay, that's once again that ties into create it, get pick well, it yourself there. basically. Yeah, yeah which is kind of how it yeah. goes. And you pick one feet. One first, one level one feet. So this tells me that there's going to be a di uh, a, uh, a difference between feats. Is it only going to be level one and other, or is it going to be level one, level four, level seven, like like yeah. uh, like used to be the uh, uh, require a uh, pre um, damn it prerequisite? Yes, thank yes. you. Ah. Prereq, probably a different name. <laughs> yeah, a level. <laughs> which is, is strange, but I'm hoping they don't do that because that significantly narrows down your choice in the earlier levels. Or maybe they're working on for Kips and Crooks at the end of the feet level up. I doubt it, but it'd be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. That'd be cool. I doubt it. Um, anyway, so uh, I do think that um, it is worth noting that several of the feats that they do have in this document are currently existing feats. They changed them. That they've changed. And I want to ask Jeremy Crawford... Or Chris Perkins, why the hell isn't grapple in here? I think and it is. Why the grapple feat is not in here? Oh, the feet. unless I missed it. The grapple mechanic more than once because I went that. looking for it because first of all, as a person who loves his grappling, the new rules suck. That while this playtest rules suck, right? Because it gives you. The I new, saw that coming oh, right. too. I was like, oh, grapple. Oh, Justin's gonna hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I think because like current. We might as well just touch on grappling now. I sure, think grappling I is not going to be a first level feat. The grapple feat, you mean? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a fair yeah. assessment. Maybe it's uh, reserved for a higher level. Now, <laughs> I do think they try to make grapple more usable, but they also make it more complicated, which was trying some, which yeah. something that they've been trying to avoid in this edition. Nope. Yeah. Nope. They, they, you guys, Wizards of the Coast, I think you're moving in the wrong, dif dif wrong direction with grapple. So what it does is now when you grapple somebody, they can escape easier because it's no longer a contested check. It's not a contested check? It's not a contested check anymore. Nope. Which means it's easier to break and it's easier to, uh, it's more difficult to grapple people. It's not a save at the end of your turn. Yes. And that's trash. Oh, a save. Because as a grappler, that's one of the only active mechanics that I get. Yeah. And now you're going to make it passive, and now I can't build towards that. And the person who's grappled now has disadvantage to check anybody that's not the grappler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the first thing I saw. It's like, uh, and you have the slowed condition as the grappler. 
yep. which is very punishing. All right. And speaking of which, the slow condition, which is new in this, you you spend one extra movement for every foot you move, so basically half movement, and your attack rolls against, against you have advantage, and you have disadvantage on deck saving throws. Yeah. Yeah. Why? <laughs> There's only a few of us. There's already a few of us yep. that use grapple yep. and know yep. that it's actually useful. It does make note that the slow conditions only play while you're, while you're moving. Yes, which is the best time to grapple people. Grapple them and run. Slam them into a wall. Drop them off a cliff. Slam them into like an the, enemy. So basically, like only say, basically only for op attacks. That they've made it that too. Yeah. easier to yeah. grapple too. No, they didn't. Well, with your unarmed strike, you can. It's a contested check. I don't need to make an attack roll. It's a contested check. And when you build into strength and you have rage you that grants you advantage <laughs> on athletics, then you take expertise and double your proficiency yes, on athletics. Yes, I am, a, Nobody I am can aware get of away that, but you. these are uh, test material. And I'm telling them, don't change that. And that's how they changed it. They made it easier by using an attack, which sounds, yeah. does sound stupid. I like the yeah. better idea of grabbing people. Yeah. And you just grapple somebody. Justin's about to have an aneurysm. <laughs> if you can't see his face. No, it, well, you, you have to understand. When I played 3-5, I hated grappling. I needed my own little portable guide to grapple people. It was notoriously complicated. And so when 5th edition came out, it was like, it does just this, and then I can combine these other features. I, I need I need this for social media. I just I want to say this. Okay. Uh, the new grapple system is perfect. I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> I swear. Also, though... <laughs> It did make any changes to grappling. I kind of thought it was overall fine as is. But one change I would not mind seeing, though, is I kind of wish they made an option to we can use it on the opportunity attack. How often do you grapple somebody? Not very often. <laughs> Never. Shut it. <laughs> so I understand what fair, they're trying given, to do. Given the amount of characters I tend to play, go figure. Well, I understand <laughs> what they're trying to do here. Yeah. They're trying to make homogenize it. it and make it all the same, right? Yeah. But I think the contest system is one of their most innovative things that they've added in this edition. Yeah, I think it should just stay a and, contest. And now they're trying to move away from that. And I think that bugs me more than the fact that it's an act, attack roll. Because if you take the Tavern Brawler feat, you can grapple when you make an attack as a bonus action if it hits. Yep. So that's not unheard of that they've done that. But the contest system is one of the most unique uh, mechanics that they came up with. And it was done so well with grapple. And I think that they need to not – they need to expand upon that, not alter it. So, anyways, if you I, feel like I'm not ready to, to, to just choke slam somebody right now. I honestly think that that's something that won't be making it to the next version. Well, let's hope so. So, if you're watching this, listening to this, and you want to help poor Justin out, make sure you leave survey feedback and let them know that, A, grapple should just remain half speed and not be the slow condition. Yeah. And grapple should also – be a contested check. Not, save, not automatic, and then a saving throw at the end of the person's turn. Yes. It should be a contested check and take their action to fight it. All right, so I was going to talk about the new condition, which is our first new condition since the game started, slow. which is slow, which, don't get me wrong, I think it needed this. I just don't think it needs to be tied to grapple. <laughs> when I read, first read this, I imagined it was tied to, like, uh, slowing effects like ice attacks yeah, or exactly. cold attacks. Yeah. So I was like, oh, cool, slow. It reduces movement. Um, attack rolls against you have advantage. Um, and dexterity saving throw, uh, you have uh, disadvantage on deck saving throws. I thought that that's what they were going for. Yeah. Instead, they just made it so that my guy doesn't want to grapple nobody. I mean, there's already so few of us. I mean, so, I thought when you grappled, you already half speed anyway. You are. But now your half movement, attack rolls against you have advantage, which means the guy attacking you has advantage. 
that you're grappling. And when you're like me and you like to grapple too, that's two people that are gra- you're grappling that'll have advantage on you. Um, so yeah, yep. It's play test material. I understand that. I'm venting my thoughts on yep. the mechanic. There's one or two things that's probably incorrect, but we'll move on. What? What's incorrect? <laughs> it says attack rolls. No, when you're... Th- th- the way you phrased it. We, if you're grabbing two people at once, I'm not quite sure that's how the effect because it would have disadvantage on everybody that's not you. But if they attack me, they have advantage. It says it because you get the slowed condition. Right. So if they attack, they have advantage. And if I'm holding two of them, I still have the slow effect. Oh, they won't get an op attack though because they're moving with you. No, no they me. wouldn't. But they don't have to get an op attack. They can just attack me on their turn. Right. But 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 then you wouldn't be slow because you're not moving. Because that's how that works. Because no, it, does, it just but, says when you grapple somebody, you have the con- slowed condition when period. you're moving. Mm. I'm gonna have to double check that. <laughs> does it say when you're moving? Yes. It does. All right. Oh, so, okay. uh, all right. So uh, the last thing we want to touch on really is probably the biggest change that they made. Um, that has got nerds raging all over the world. That's oh, our skipping feats, got it. Um, <laughs> well, we talked enough about some of the feats. Lucky, uh, lucky. Well, yeah. Okay. So there are <laughs> other feats. They made some other changes. I only care that grapple wasn't in there. Um, do you want to touch on lucky really quick before we move on to rolling a twenty? Basically, instead of like uh, getting like uh, three luck points and tossing in a die roll and picking the best of all three, it is now you have m- amount of luck points equal to your proficiency score, and you choose to give advantage or disadvantage to a roll. That's a way weaker than it was. Potentially more rolls at higher levels, but <laughs> it's way weaker less, because but it's less impactful per roll. Being a, yeah, being able to re-roll the thing is more powerful and more potent than. Which I think is good because people say Lucky was too powerful anyway. So I think that that's a, a decent enough change. What do you think, V? I liked Lucky the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. So did every other player in the world. <laughs> and because we'll see what made, happens, and especially since they made feet so expensive to get in the current edition, mm-hmm. you be, you better pick a good good one. <laughs> right, right. So everyone picking Lucky. Um, I think that the some of the feats were they're. They're changing them to the point where I think they still stand strong on their own. Yep. And but they're more unique. Like the we mentioned that half orc now being orc. Yep. One of the racial traits they lost was savage attacks. That's now a feat. Yep. So uh, Delson, you said you lucky needed to be nerfed because as a DM you hated that thing so much. Well, you're about to hate something a lot more than that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to rolling a twenty. So Goddamn. Currently, when you roll a d twenty on attack roll, you crit. You do double damage. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. When you would make a attack roll with a sword or a firebolt, it doesn't matter. Well, guess what? Uh, you have forgotten that one. <laughs> I'll get to that one. Okay. okay, fine. And then that one is an automatic miss. Uh, on an attack. On an attack roll. Yes. Those no longer apply to spells, first of all. Nope. So all you firebolters, no more crits for you. Sorry. Eldritch Blast, no more crits for you. Because as a written, they said you can only crit using a weapon attack. Yep. Just you know what Eldritch Blast isn't? A weapon attack. <laughs> Do you want Smite and Sneak Attack isn't? Not a weapon attack. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. brutal. But um, wait, there's more. So uh, <laughs> the, the thing that makes it worse, though, and this is where I think a lot of contention is, and I actually have my thoughts that aren't so negative as Grapple uh, <laughs> on this, is that a natural 20 on an ability check now is an auto is a success. Yeah. Um, 
Because that was that's been such a big deal all over TikTok, all over everything. It's like a natural twenty on a on a skill check. It's not an auto success. It only happens in combat. Well, it does now. Not anymore. So uh, before fans. before I give my thoughts on this, oh I would God. like to hear what you guys think. Because I'll okay. rant. Does it matter what okay. we think? Because you're just gonna shoot us down anyway. Okay. <laughs> to a degree, I mean, attacks are kind of established. That I mean, we're finding a way to work with attacks overall. Mm-hmm. Saving throws, I can kind of actually appreciate and succeeding on nat twenties because I remember for one time we got had it in one game I was in a high level dragon tossed at us. He doesn't unleash its fear effect. Okay, be my fire of this. I'm like, I literally can't roll that high. Well, it looks like you're running away. Right. <laughs> Get, but now a nat twenty would, would succeed, even if you can't achieve right. And I think there's something for that, right? Right. Um, my bigger concern is on ability checks than saving throws. Yeah, and of course you would automatically fail on that one, but let's be real, you probably did in most cases anyway. <laughs> and, and, mon- and monsters can't crit. Oh yeah, monsters can't crit either. Monsters can't crit no more. Because I guess, and this is just Justin's thought, I think that mentions something about having recharge abilities, yep. so I think they're going to have more of those when they redo now, the monsters. Oh, say monsters or enemies. Oh, and when well, you also... enemies, NPCs or monsters. Yeah. And we rolled... In that 20, you get an inspiration point. Oh, yeah. What the hell is one. that? So now you get inspiration <laughs> point for a nat 20, which, once again, used to be something just the DM could pass out at their discretion yeah, as a I, reward. I made a whole rant on TikTok. Yeah, I know. I was so excited when I saw it. I was like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yep. That was established as well. Net 20s and net 1s also apply to skill checks and ability checks. So let's talk Let's talk about that because that's going to be the problem. Hey, uh, Brandon. Um, that giant titan in front of us that's a thousand feet. I want to jump onto its head. Give me an athletics check, Justin. 20! I sail through the air and thump it on its head, and I grab my dagger into it. Screw that. I successfully jumped to the moon. Doesn't it specifically say that that don't work? Does it? Yeah. The limitations of... Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> limitations of what? Yeah, no. I was being sarcastic, because it does, does say you can't bypass limitations, as you did say, jump to the moon, but... The only 20 doesn't bypass limitations on the test, such as the so ra- such as would, range and I, line of sight. I so, no, you cannot jump to the moon. Or okay, so that's a bad example. How yeah. about this? <laughs> I want to sneak behind, beyond the dragon who's resting in front of us and steal something from the horde. 20, I succeed. Yeah, what, what are your, what's your class? What are you doing? Doesn't matter. I succeeded. Yeah, you did. Why does it matter what I... So, right there. That's the problem I have. That means that <laughs> any race or any class has the same amount of chance of success yeah. as anybody else. And, and it shouldn't be that way. And I think it also does potentially create too many arguments between players and DMs of what does count and what doesn't. That's what I see coming up. Yeah. Um. And now I want to – I do want to preface this. It's just a game. Let's be real here. People can uh, get pretty heated about something. Yeah. I don't think that's exactly true. It's because like – the rogue thief or anyone yeah. like that can have proficiencies or double proficiency with their stealth. Yep. So they have a much higher chance, regardless of being able to roll a natural 20, of still being on stealth. It depends, though. If the DC is 30, which they said is the highest DC now. I thought that was already the highest DC. Well, it's a hard, uh, hard impossible. Count. And it's being five. Yeah. Anyways, so... That means let's assume the DC is thirty, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and actually, this is one reason why I actually uh, am not as angry about this as I was before. But the the yeah. Actually, what Andrew just said here in regards to net twenty on the ability checks, what if your ass is doing impossible? Maybe don't ask for a roll. 
Well, they do insist. Remember that success could just not mean they they don't break their hand trying. Okay. That, which leads me to an example somebody gave online one time. Like the common example I see people referring to is going up to a king and say, "Give me your kingdom." Yes, it's and, a range band. Right, and of course, people will say he's not going to do that decision. Hasn't rolled in the first place. Whereas it seems some DM argues, you know what, let them roll anyway because yes, they still can succeed, but the roll still might determine how badly they fa- fail. Because if you, if you roll in that twenty in that case, the king just laughs it off and that throws you in prison. Yeah, and so this comes <laughs> back to what I actually wanted to say, and is actually in the blog for this episode. Yeah. That success is a range band, right? Yep. So you can succeed in your persuasion, um, but he's just not going to kill you or yep. toss you into stocks or or something like that. But the real issue I have with that is I can see half the players being like, I oh, I succeeded, ah, and not giving a damn what the DM says. That's the concern I have because we have set a precedent that is auto precedent that it is an auto success. Shoot, that's already happening to the degree. <laughs> and I mean, it's going to get worse though. Oh yeah, that's going to get worse because well, it says right here in the rules. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And there's so many players that <laughs> insist on just rolling without you asking. <laughs> You think you and, are hidden. And here, here's, <laughs> you here, think you are stealthy. <laughs> here's another thing, too. This is something else I brought up in a TikTok that I think you saw. Uh, the D20 bypasses only bonuses and penalties to the roll. I'm going to state this again on, yep. on camera in front of everyone, and you guys have already heard this. If That means if someone rolls at disadvantage because it's a, pen, it's a penalty and they still roll in that 20, it still means a success. That's what I heard. Yep. <laughs> But that might just be the wording in the playtest, too. Yep. Once yeah, again, we got to yeah. take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. It is playtest material. And something else, yeah. too, is one the idea behind 5th edition, too, is they're trying to simplify the game compared to past editions. And I think some of the material in here is stepping away from that and not for the better. I would agree with that. Now, granted, there I do believe there were some areas I do think need to be fleshed out better or maybe be readjusted. But some of the choices they made might have been too far the other direction. I just want to shout out to all the Pathfinder 2 people who are celebrating and say, Pathfinder 2 is just 4E that you didn't like, <laughs> just so you know. Thinking about like uh, the the meme of like with, with the Princess Bride, with Wesley being like as 1D&D. Now let me explain. Like Kastu Vincini holding a knife up to Buttercup, <laughs> with uh, Vincini labeled as a uh, Paizo, and Buttercup labeled as 3.5 and 4th edition. Yes, you are trying to take my eye rightfully stole. <laughs> Cracks me up. Yes. We everyone in the internet has their own feelings on this. Um, I think it's going to set a precedent of arguing between player and DM, and that's a concern that I have with it more than the fact that it's a success. Yes. And, and more that's already happening. Oh, and last thing, they did split the all spells into three categories. Yes. Oh yeah. And I I'm excited for this, and I'll tell you why. Arcane, divine, and primal. Now. I don't know about you guys, but my thought is we're going to start getting features that let us delve into spell lists based on those categories. Yep. Instead of based on class, which that's exciting. I mean, to the degree, there's just kind of change, change the label, really, at the end of the day. But yeah. I think, mm-hmm. well, but there's a lot more restriction to yeah. you can pick something from the bard list versus the, the, arcane, the list. arcane, the druid list, or yeah, whatever, right? From primal or yeah. arcana. Yeah, and yeah, I think arcane. that opens up your options, right? Yep. So I'm excited for that. Um, I hope that's the direction that they take it. Um, uh, Andrew does have a great question here. So rolling disadvantage increases your crit success chance to 10%. Technically, I actually, I'm actually going to say no because just yeah. the... Oh, oh, no. oh, speaking of the spell list, it's... some people made some interesting observations. Eldritch no, Blast yeah, right. is not on the spell list in this document. It'll probably become a feature, huh? For, for Warlocks. For Warlocks. And only Warlocks. 
Ooh, no more multi-class. Oh, well, you can multi-class, I guess, still to get it. But <laughs> Although, to be fair, that is in line how Warlocks used to be, too. Only they got that period. Yeah. I think that's going to be cool. That's a really excellent point. Yep. So, uh, I think that'll do it for our um, rant today. What about uh, inspiration? Uh, oh, you, you have to give it to you, allies. You can give it to people. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a point, you can give it to your friend. Yeah, and I, I think most people are just too uh, greedy for that, honestly. Yep. So, anyways, <laughs> that'll do it for our main topic today. Our first delve into character origins for one D&D. Honestly, I am excited overall for the evolution of D&D because I think that, you know, with D&D never being bigger, they are taking a lot of insight and a lot of feedback from the community They've been doing it with Unearthed Arcana for years, and I think that's one of the best things. We may not be able to see the forest through the trees, but you bet your ass that they're consolidating all that data and leveraging it in their decision-making. Yep. So I'm excited to see where that goes. All right. After all that. <laughs> yeah, right? We're kind of running behind because I ranted about grappling. Not just you. <laughs> I mean, but you got on. I was about to get on another rant. Yeah, yeah we're done. <laughs> Was there uh, auto-filling paperwork, <laughs> cutting red tape, clerical or magic? Um, I do think that I'm not – I was surprised that the psychic energy – or psychic wasn't on there as a category because I feel like they got to be getting close to wanting to really bring psychic uh, out. Well, to be fair, they've always had mixed results implementing psychic stuff anyway. Yeah, because so. nobody can agree what what they like and what they don't. So yeah. All right, so – before we move on to our <laughs> tips and tricks, I want to take a moment to let everyone know uh, our exotic equipment perks launches on September 20th. Um, so make sure that um, you sign up to our newsletter and get notified of when the Kickstarter goes live. If you don't know, um, our old product, Weapon Perks, was our single most, our best selling product ever. It's hilarious because um, some of our shortest documents. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Isn't that like 12 pages or something? Uh, like 18 or 20. Not the know. shortest, but compared but to some other stuff. But anyways, <laughs> so we decided to reevaluate that. We went back in. We're, we're making new pe- perks for all the weapons. We've added exotic weapons, and we're expanding our perks to armor as well. So I'm really excited for this. You can follow us on social media and see all of the the kind of the playtest material, quote-unquote, that we've put. <laughs> I get a lot of feedback from uh, armchair GMs that clearly don't actually design nothing, so that's fun. But I do enjoy the <laughs> feedback, and I do take it seriously um, as we kind of mull over what a feature should do. We just did on the Morningstar, which is awesome. So maybe consider checking those out and, and providing feedback. Even if you are an armchair designer. Although there has been some times where I did do some armchair designing, was told no, but then future releases vindicated by said it anyway. <laughs> That's why I feel like they, somebody in their their show, somebody in their field listens to us because I'm telling you. Example: There's been a few times where I hear them like, "I think a unarmed strike for this thing should be a D8." No, yeah. that was too broken. Let's make it a D6. Releases the unarmed fighting style, which is a D8. <laughs> oh, stronger. Oh. Uh, do be sure to come to GooseCon because I am running a game with this material. Ooh, that's exciting. So got, we got test plays somehow. So. Yep, let's do it. All right, so uh, let's move on to our honor tips and tricks. All right, Dungeons and Dragons fans, I'm going to be honest. I can't always find time for Dungeons and Dragons, and when I can't, I like to jump on some of my favorite video games. If you're anything like me, you hate playing with random toxic teammates. It really just ruins our fun, doesn't it? What if there was a platform that could help you find gamers exactly like you? 
I want to introduce you to our today's sponsor, eBlitz, the perfect social looking for group app for gamers of all levels. And trust me, I really range all levels. Helping you meet and match with like-minded, non-toxic gamers to play your favorite games in seconds. Once again, if you're anything like me, I don't get much time to play games. So when I do, I don't want to be steamrolled by some cursing punk. eBlitz allows you to simply start swiping to match with other gamers who share your similar interests, be it games, platform of choice, country, etc. Grow your buddy network with every single match you play so that you have a list of gamers to connect with and play with whenever you want them, giving you a better gaming experience, no more dealing with toxic players that just ruin it for everyone. You can download it today for free off the App Store and Google Play Store. You can find links in the description or visit rebrand.ly slash eblitzgoogle or rebrand.ly slash eblitzapple. And now, what you've all been waiting for, our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. All right, so our first Unearthed Tips and Tricks is our monster, the Root Sliver. Uh, I'm really excited about this. If you, We're not going to go into the super details of the stats. If you want that, check out our blog over at CritAcademy.com slash post. Um, but we are going to talk about some of the unique features that make it stand out. Uh, we started with the V-Rock stat block, so that'll give you kind of the framework. But what really stands out is we added vulnerability. The creature is a vine-like creature. So, of course, we're going to give it entangling vines that allows you to uh, restrain and grapple your, your characters. And then, of course, we're going to give it a restrict power that yep. allows it to basically choke choke their player characters. And because we're not making a fire bird anymore, it loses any bird-like features or fire resistance. Yep. Uh, telepathy yeah, talents become so they can go in, right, they yeah. can go read that. So the, um, so right out the, right out the gate, we got some pretty powerful abilities. Um, the entangling feature um, is a great way to uh, tie down your player characters um, to quite an extent that they can't get, they can't move around and then topping it off with choking them with constrict that does automatic damage yeah, yeah. Um, to them. It's really just brutal. What do you guys think about this sort of monster? It's a plant or a snake. Yep. It it's is a plant. a plant creature. It's a plant snake that moves that. Yes. That's a plant snake. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, what do you guys think about this? How would you get the most out of it? Also, it is poisonous. So it also poisons people. Is so. it a piranha plant? And it's it keep, a piranha plant. And it's it keeps, Mario. And it keeps the current grapple rules in mind. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the oh, monsters, it's different, right? Motherfucker. Uh, all right, so um, how would you guys use this monster? In a forest. Ambushes. I would use this outside of a noble's Ambushes. home. Ambushes? Oh, yeah. my fucking God. I'd use this outside of a noble's home. That's a security. Ooh. Security! Oh, my God, that's genius! Yeah, so you got pot of flowers stuff along the thing, and it's like, hey, that guy doesn't belong here. And they just grab him. Plant mace. A plant maze. Oh my god, uh, attacking killer plant maze. A snant. <laughs> a snant. <laughs> I love it. Um, this oh monster has got full stat block, full lore, a beautiful artwork. You can find that on our Patreon or the raw stats over yep. at our website. Check it out. Our encounter of the podcast is egg harvesting. Now, this is a fun adventure where S and a halfling archimist basically ask the players to seek out a very particular item. An egg that is 
in the center of a nest of ANCAG. A swarm of ANCAG. Yeah. She's tried to get to him, but she can't. She doesn't have the stealth. Every time she gets so close, they bust out, they, they attack her, right? Um, and that right there really sets the, the precedent for the encounter. Once again, you can find all the details on the blog. Um, but what's really interesting is based on her description, um, she doesn't actually know they're called ANCAG. She's sent yep. to study these creatures. Yep. So the players can do nature check to identify it. What happens if they fail? Well, they fail by too much. They missed the identify as an other cap. So what do you think as an adventurer, if you misidentify a monster, how is that going to affect your combat? <laughs> well, other cats are way weaker, so... <laughs> I said fuck you. <laughs> well, yeah. the... Now, I do want to give an example. There's one time where a GM <laughs> to give a description of some lizard-like creatures we saw in a cavern. I'm like, oh, there's a drag glitch here, so basically, they must be kobolds, because they hang around dragons. So I ran, ran in there and attacked them. Turns out that they're lizard men. <laughs> those are way tougher than kobolds. they're way stronger than kobolds that's hilarious i love it and that's the point right yeah. and uh, not only that you expect going in to fight spider creatures instead you get ambushed by giant insects that burst out of the ground and, and attack and that's a huge difference in the strategy right? <gasps> um it is worth noting that um there's also a short skill challenge that should you fail to locate the succeed the skill challenge you kind of run into a green slime hazard along the way um, but what's really interesting is the rewards. Yep. If they, she, if I just come back with three healthy eggs, which requires multiple nest rating, she basically offers players discounts on potions and poisons for half the rate. Isn't that awesome? Good. Potions are expensive in this game. Yeah, they are. Like the, the, especially if you get like the crawler worms, but it does note that they have to provide some of the resources. Yeah. So if you want uh, for the more expensive, materials. yeah, if you want like material from the, uh, the purple worm poison, guess what you have to go do? You gotta go milk a purple worm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we just got a new adventurer. Yes, you're our milker. What does that mean? <laughs> Nothing. Ankegs are uh, terrifying. Or, yeah, uh, or kill the purple worm and extract the venom sack. But <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, that'll do it for our encounter. Our magic item is actually a very simple one. Um, Ian, yep. do you want to touch on that? Yep, this is provided to us by Savage Warden, the Angel's Tear. It is a legendary potion, and the tear. Glows a bright white light. Ooh, when you drink it, no, this is my like. When you drink it outside of combat, you gain the benefit of a long rest. If you drink it when you're in combat, you instead gain the effects of the heroism spell. Heroism. Heroism. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Using your highest ability modifier as your spellcasting modifier, and you gain haste for one minute with no, no concentration. concentration. <laughs> that is glorious. This is the first item that I've ever seen that tackles giving you the benefits of a long rest like that. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense for it to be legendary, right? Every wizard will be creaming themselves to get one of these. Yep. I'm out of spell slots. Go, 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 go. Dun, da, da, da. <laughs> also, kudos to Sartrian for running root slivers in MTG. Yeah. All right. Fine. It's a pretty straightforward item. I really enjoyed it, and I wanted to share it with the audience. Um, that'll do it for our magic item. Oh, and for our next, uh, <laughs> our next, uh, <laughs> our dungeon master tip, we are going to talk about stopping and listening. So, yeah, this is something that honestly I suck uh. at sometimes. But other times, I'm good at. It's kind of hit or miss. Like, I'm on opposite ends of the distribution, depending on my mood. Mm -hmm. And what we mean by stop and listen is sometimes players just start talking to each other. 
and us DMs have a penchant to jump in and, and try to, you know, corral them like cats, right? Hurt them. <laughs> um, do you guys, especially when they get heated, yep. but do you guys find yourself interrupting your players when they're in those kind of discussions? It can happen sometimes. Yeah, I kind of have to. Why? Because I get paid to DM, which means I have customers. Okay. So then you have to yell at them? That seems like a bad business decision. No, I don't yell at them. Who would, who would do that? Interrupting them. Might no, as well be on. Hey, if stop talking. Two players starting to fight with each other. I'm like, hey. Well, I'm not even talking about just fighting, but like in just, character even. Talking, if, oh, if they're in character, I could tell and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, I just let them go. In fact, I get a lot of ideas just from listening to them. It's like, well, why can't we go here? So, oh, there might be this. It's like, now there is. Okay, cool. Yeah, you're. We can't touch on that. <laughs> the reality is, you should take the opportunity to listen to what the players and their characters are trying to say. Let them talk. After all, it's a role playing game. After all, so and some people enjoy role playing. That's perfectly okay. So as long as they really aren't going in circles, go ahead and let them have their interactions. And there's a few places in particular where it's really good to listen. Yeah. One is first during problem-solving puzzles, mazes, or even diplomatic situations. Listen to what they say, and sometimes their ideas and concepts that they come up with might be actually better than what you designed. Or sometimes it just makes so much sense, it's like, you know what, let's, let's just go with let's that. Let's just go with it, yeah. Or, even if it, doesn't, if it does make sense, just roll with it. Let successes be successes. For yeah. me, go ahead. As this happened with my players, and it completely evolved the way the campaign is going right now. Uh, they're talking to a, a silver dragon, who's in a, in a humanoid form, and they're asking a question about the bad guy because they know about him because mm-hmm. they've been around for so long. Yep. It's like, why does he wear a mask? Why is he wearing a mask? It's like, he doesn't want anyone to see him decaying because he used a wish spell that was cursed. So, yes, he's immortal, but his body's also decaying. <laughs> he's and, the mummy, dude. And one of the other players is like, maybe he's turning himself into a lich. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. But it's that like, was what he is. Yeah. And like, and you write said, that down. Is he, turning, is he going for a lich? I'm like, yeah, yeah, he totally is. That's, that, that's, that's, thing. that's why you listen because... One thing I've learned is players come up with way better stuff than I ever could imagine because their players are creative. They just don't know that they're spinning their own – digging their own grave after the Yeah, they the just made their bad guy a lot harder. <laughs> That's all. There's been one time when I'm like, hey, how awesome would be these chain golems that wrapped around this black dragon we're fighting then to create extra appendages for it and armor? Start writing that stuff down. <laughs> it, and the second situation. After you set the scene with their descriptions, listen to what the players' responses are. Let them narrate their characters' actions, and most importantly, don't interrupt unless unless you need a specific detail for clarification on their actions. Or if they're spinning their wheels. That too. And just going in circles, because that does yeah. happen too. You're like, all right, guys, you, this, I'm yeah. telling you outright, it's not going anywhere. And sometimes with the DM, it's easy to want to sometimes interject your own thoughts and details in every session, but sometimes you just need to take a step backwards and let the players play. <laughs> yeah, because that's what they're doing. They're yep. playing. Um. We have to give a huge shout out to Andrew right now because yes. um, he says, picture a red dragon in a turtleneck in a white dragon's lair holding a giant mug of hot chocolate, surprising all your adventurers who were prepared for ice damage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Surprise, mother. And actually, I've, I've actually seen people point out, it makes no sense that white dragons br- live in cold climates and breathe ice damage because things that live in climates are resistant or immune to cold damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because too much logic. I think I'm scared of you. I All right, <laughs> that'll do it for our dungeon master tip of the podcast. Our player tip of the podcast is don't, don't be a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude by building the acid slinger. Apparently, <laughs> this guy's been waiting 
How long? To say this? Uh, I saw, when did, shortly after you started playing Merle, so yeah. at least a year. Yeah, a year. He came with us a year ago. And I and I wait. I said I was going to wait, and I had forgotten about it <laughs> until the session ended, and I was going through my notes. I'm like, oh, yes. It's time! And I was super excited because I forgot about it. And I was like, I have to tell somebody. <laughs> You're like, I signed this because I want, want Ian to use this as Merle. I'm like, yeah, but we're now so high level. I wouldn't use it right now anyway. Yeah, anyway, yeah, so what, what are we Alicia. talking about? What's that? The other one was Alicia. So yeah. I was like, oh, there's four voices. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> that is our producer, Alicia. Thank you so much for all the wonderful work you do. Um, so what is the Acid Slinger? So this build takes place as a level two artificer. Yeah. That's it. Level two, super easy. Now – the first thing you want to do is you want to you get your artisan tools, so you're going to pick up your yep. glass blowers, and this is yep. going to make sense in a minute. Yep. Um, next, you want to. There's a lot of good infusions. Yep. Some really really good ones, but you have to take the replicate magic item. Yep. Justin, what are we going to take? We're going to take the alchemy jug. We're going to make an alchemy jug. And one of the things that can make among mayonnaise, which is an awesome trading thing, because mayonnaise doesn't exist <laughs> until you make an alchemy jug, right? So mayonnaise is great bartering for, for what you need. Anyways. Or bourbon toast. <laughs> or bourbon toast. Uh, anyway, so um, now here's where it gets really interesting. One of the things it can make is acid. It can make eight ounces. Do you remember those glass blower bobbles we got we were talking about? With those tools, you can make two vials. According to the player's handbook, each vial, empty vial, empty glass vial, weighs one pound. So they also hold eight ounce, or four ounces each. So you get just enough acid to make two vials a day. Yep. And you do that every day. Every day. Every time long rest, you get a chance. You can get a stockpile until you're too heavy to carry them, and you're just walking around like a big bulbous Christmas tree with black, at, black jugs. So, DM, you, you say 100 days go by. So, right. <laughs> so anyways, uh, so now that we've got our combo, we've basically we're producing two two of these vials of acid every day. Now, if you don't know, a vial of acid basically does 2d6 acid damage. You can throw it up to 20 feet. It would shattering it on impact. But we can do better than that, can't we? Yep. But wait, there's more. You know what we're going to do? We're going to combine it with uh, a very popular spell called Catapult. Brandon, do you know what Catapult does? I assume it lets you throw something. It does additional damage. It's Yeah, it's telekinesis. What? You point at an object that's five pounds or less and yeets it across a, a room. Yep. So you pull a Darth Maul. Yeah. Just, and it sends it doing 3d8 damage. On top of the 2d6 acid damage. On top of the 2d6 acid damage. No, that's for one vial though, right? That's for one vial. One vial. Remember, Catapult lifts up to five pounds. And each so, vial is a pound? Yes. You're a fucking monster. So you can tie these together, you can put them in a net, whatever you want, and bundle them into five five pounds and start eating them. Yep. How much damage is that? Does anybody know? Well, two times five is ten d six plus three d eight. Plus three d eight at second level. <laughs> so you yell fuck your face when you throw it. <laughs> Yo, yeet yeet. Yep. Probably work too with alchemist fire. <laughs> I don't know a way to get alchemist fire without buying it. Do you? Well, I mean, alchemist fire is a fluid, right? Yes, but how do you get it without buying it? You make it with alchemy. Stab you. <laughs> I mean, can the jug also make alchemy? <laughs> no, I don't think it can. If it can, I missed it. But anyways, or you can just make it splatter mayonnaise in their face and say you got something on your face. What do you guys think? That's fun. <laughs> I, I think that's a pretty cool object to have to wait a year to talk about. 
Yeah, dude, it was <laughs> terrible. I'm certain I've seen that on a TikTok somewhere. Probably. Um, but I remember Scourge writing it down and then confirming that at work. I'm like, yes! So anyways, this is our uh, concept. I love it. Garwin, don't be surprised if one of these things hits you in the face because I am so sick of your alchemist fire that I decided I need to melt your, fe- <laughs> melt your flesh. Andrew, I used catapult on a bag of ball bearings so I could hit people with my sack. <laughs> oh my goodness so does that mean if you sl- you uh fling you, know, you catapult the wine you sh- give him the shaft <laughs> i'm now thinking about when um in one game of pathfinder mind you when a monk <sighs> was pissed off and just yeeted a backpack full of uh necklace of fireballs and uh, <laughs> an alchemist fire glass <laughs> How much damage is that? A lot. He's dead. All right. Overall, this is obviously an optimization yep. thing, but it can be so much fun. Get uncanny dodge so the monk took no damage despite throwing it straight at his feet. Nice. Oh, <laughs> that's the other thing we don't talk about. So um, the catapult is a save, and it's a line. So if it misses the first person, if there's another person behind them, they have to save against Duck. it. What? <laughs> Weird. Get, let me get your get you a towel. We got something on your face. All right, I think that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't, Don't be, be a dick. dick, and you can avoid dickitude by getting the most out of your artificer. Throwing <laughs> acid in their face. <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right. It's like pocket sand, but better. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Crit Academy. If you did, make sure to smash that subscribe below. If you're following on YouTube, if you're following on Twitch. Get your ass over to YouTube and hit subscribe and watch us there. Enjoy the conversation. Um, If you'd like to support us, head on over to CritAcademy.com. Follow us on social media. Leave us a review. Um, If you would like to check out our exotic equipment perks, definitely uh, follow us on social media and follow our Kickstarter. Um, I'm super excited for this one, and we need all your help. The more people that are getting notified before it goes along, the more people Kickstarter is going to show. So yeah, you guys haven't seen this stuff. I've seen some of this. They look really cool. Yeah, the artwork has turned out so amazing. Yeah, it does. It looks really pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like you should stuff. see the video Alicia made. She's getting really skillful on some of that stuff. <laughs> Her face would imply otherwise, but it's pretty good. Uh, and I only say that because if I don't, then I have to do it. And yeah. I don't think we got time for that. I don't even know how she has time for. It. All right, that'll do it for our show today. Um, check us out at GooseCon. <laughs> Every time. Uh, I'm buying a Goose Call, by the way. Huh? I'm buying a Goose Call. <laughs> oh, if, yeah. Okay. I want to do that, too. So let me know where you get it. All right. <laughs> I'm your host, Justin. I'm your host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. Thanks for listening. Keep, Keep your blade, blade sharp and spells prepared, prepared heroes. heroes.